Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 29th of January 2023. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Paul continued our series looking at lessons from Joshua with overcoming obstacles. The reading is Joshua chapter 3. So we'll go and join Paul as he's introducing the sermon. I wonder, I ponder, overcoming obstacles. What I ponder is this, what are the obstacles in your life? I wonder what are the things you're, you're trying to overcome, what are they, I wonder? I wonder if it's something like this, if I can get it to move on, perhaps I just have to ask Stephen to move it on for me. Okay. This is a true story, it's from eastern India, and it's of an elephant, and this elephant had got used to something. It fed itself by basically stealing from the motorists on the road. This is actually a potato truck. So this is the elephant nicking potatoes, we might say. In reality, the story goes that the elephant got so used to this that if you came and you didn't give him food, he'd stick his trunk through the open window to try and search for some. One local resident, joking aside, said, I quote, it's just like an old-fashioned hold-up. I want to tell you there's some really good news this morning. You've come to church. Every preacher should bring you good news. Here's the good news. Are you ready? It's going to be revelationary. There are no elephants in my head. This is not going to happen down the high street, is it? Well, if it does, it's going to be a bit rare indeed. Aren't you glad you don't have to deal with instructions like that every day? There may be the occasional cow if you live on the moors, I guess. Or maybe, you know, a slow driver or two around town. But there are no elephants that stick their trunk in your car. So, praise God for that. But there are other kinds of obstacles. We all know that impede our forward progress in life. Maybe sickness or difficult people or challenging circumstances which stop us cold in our tracks. Now, if we believe God longs to be with us, or indeed to do something here at NBC, then we surely need to take to heart, collectively and individually, the lessons we find here in Joshua chapter 3 about overcoming obstacles. So what do you do? What do I do in those times? How do we overcome the obstacles in life? How do you get past those impediments which keep you from moving forward to accomplish what God has called you to do. In Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, it says this. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shechem and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Now, hold that in your mind and then look at verse 15. Verse 15, I won't put it up, but verse 15 says, the river Jordan is in its autumn flood. Hold on a minute, here is a water at high tide. Me and Lorraine, before we came here, we were, I was the minister in Upton upon Seven, and the only thing Upton upon Seven is known for is flood. It is the famous picture in Worcestershire where the town gets cut off. 
We used to have some lovely, pardon the expression there, older ladies that used to absolutely delight on a Sunday morning because the army truck used to have to go and rescue them and bring them to church. They loved it. It was like a badge of honour. How did you get to church this morning? The army brought me. It's quite a thing, isn't it? So we knew a bit about floods. And everybody that lived there knew a bit about floods. And the time you did not cross the seven, even on a boat, was when it was in flood. You just didn't do it. It was dangerous. And if you saw the speed that a a river can take, pick up a tree trunk and bear it downstream, you will know why. But this mob, the Israelites, act, don't they, as if the Jordan doesn't even exist. They're making plans to cross this river, despite the fact that it's raging before them. And the leaders instruct them to follow the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God himself. In fact, in Joshua 3, verse 4, it says this, Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance, about 2,000 cubits, between you and the Ark. Don't go near it. They're to follow the Ark of the Covenant, and everyone's to remain these 2,000 cubits behind. What's that like? About 3,000 feet. Or for those of you in yards, about 1,000 yards. Or for those of you that don't do that, about a kilometre and a half. But that sort of distance, okay? Why? What is that about? Because simply put, if they just had the Ark in front of them, only a few people could see it. But if it was over there, we could all see it. Joshua and God are making a very definite statement. They're saying God himself is going to lead his people. I genuinely believe that God wants to do something here to take us on a journey of faith. How can we overcome any obstacles we encounter? Well, in short, all we have to do is keep our eyes focused on God. My dear friends, whatever difficulty you face in your life, the only thing you can do, the only thing you need to do, in one sense, is to focus on him. So this message to these Israelites is clear. Concentrate on the Lord. Keep your eyes focused on him. Turn your attention on him. And God says the same thing to you and me. Follow me, he says. He knows the way around or through the barriers that you face. So if you don't want to get hung up on them, keep your eyes on him and stay on the path that he lays before you. It sounds simple, but do we do it? If you want to overcome your obstacles in your life, concentrate on the Lord so you can follow him. Then, as it says on the screen, consecrate yourself to the Lord. Dedicate yourself completely to him. Give yourself wholly to God. That's what Joshua tells the people to do. Joshua 3.6 says this. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. If we're going to follow the Lord, then step number one is to give ourselves completely over to him. Not half heartedly and we can all be guilty of that can't we be honest with yourself or we give him what's left you know the sort of thing lord once i've done this then 
Do you know, God first is what scripture says. That's exactly what God tells his people to do. In fact, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 there's this, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice that is please, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test what is good, test and approve rather what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. God first, God holy. Consecrate yourself. And if you didn't think that was enough, Jesus says this in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for the sake of the gospel will save it. Today, friends, the Lord is asking you, to deny yourself, to take up your cross and follow him. Whatever that looks like for you. Are you willing to lose your life for Christ's sake and therefore to gain? I wonder. Now before entering the land, all that tells us something, okay? It tells us that these people were prepared, were preparing themselves spiritually. Victory, victory, whatever it looks like in this church, victory for you and me over our obstacles that we face, victory for us as a community, won't depend on the obstacles we face. But they will de- it will depend on our relationship to God. God can overcome anything, can't he? Or am I not reading scripture right? Being the right kind of person and having the right relationship to God is the best possible preparation for the unknown future. You can look that up yourself in Luke chapter 12, verse 11 and 12 if you wish. How do we face obstacles, prepare for any persecution or trials? It's not by memorising a speech or even remember that the preacher said. It's by drawing close to God. If you look and listen to the stories we hear of our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world, time after time after time after time, what they talk about is the fact that what got them through, what's sustaining them, is how close God is. That's awesome. But he wants to be close to you. Will you let him? It's a wholehearted commitment. Now, I did check this with Lorraine. Although I could tell you this, and I have to say, we both agreed on this statement before I see anything else. This is the statement we agreed with. We would like to say bluntly that we do not believe it was any fault of me or Lorraine. Got that? We genuinely thought it would help. We were flying to America. I have a friend who's nervous. I won't tell you her name. She might be listening. And if you are, you know who you are. Because she sometimes does listen from where she is. But she was a nervous flyer. Me and Lorraine had a plan. How would you help a nervous flyer? Well, we've got a son. My son's a commercial pilot. We'll put this nervous flyer next to the commercial pilot. Every time there's a knock or a bing or there's, it's up and down or, you know, it'll just reassure her. Won't he? Well, it worked. Nearly. 
Because the reality is, the confession we've got to make, the reason I say it's not my fault, is we got halfway across, and then, in all boldness, he proclaimed, we've reached the point of negative return. And you're going to ask, what on earth is the point of negative return? It's the point at which you can no longer go back. Okay? Negative, get the deal? It's actually a term that was originally coined by NASA, and it's the point at which the rocket is going to go to space. Or not. And so what happened was, I and Lorraine and this lady said to my son, what do you mean? What's the point of negative return? He went, oh, it's really simple. It's the fact that we've now flown so far across the Atlantic, we no longer have the fuel to go back to England. We either land in America or we crash. <laughs> Perhaps not the best thing to say to a nervous flyer. And if you're watching, I, I want to apologise. You know I and Lorraine have before, but you, you know. You see, isn't that the truth? Jesus is saying, isn't he, to these group of Israelites, to you and me? I want you to cross the point of negative return. I want you to be so far invested in me that you cannot go back. Isn't that what he calls us to do? Isn't that a truth of how we overcome the obstacles in our life? Why does he say that? Why does he ask you to let go of the option to go back? Because only letting go can you actually cast, grasp hold of what you've got to do. Whatever your definition was of yourself, your identity, your sense of purpose before you came to Jesus, I want to say this to you. Jesus asks you to grab a new identity, a new purpose, and the way you do that is to let the old go. My son over the years has been used by me and Lorraine in many different ways in church services. He's been involved with us too. We once did with him doing the service. We wrote a parable. It's called the parable of the smelly man. And we perform it on a very hot day. And when he was a youngster, Chris used to think, oh, he used to go, oh, no, not this one again, Dad. Because what happened was he'd come to church dressed up. And then we talk about a man who got sweaty on a hot day. And so this man had a shower, washed put on a new set of clothes. Now, Chris didn't do that on stage, just before you say that, but, but the reality was that's what happened. And then we'd say, actually, after a little while, he started to smell. So this smelly man decided, I know what I'll do. I'll put a new set of clothes on. And Chris used to put a whole new set of clothes on. And after a while, he started to smell. And so, I know what I'll do. I'll put a new set of clothes on. And he started... And he put a new set of clothes on. By this time, he's now got three sets of clothes on. It's a warm summer's day. And we did it about five times. The point being, after a few weeks in the hot sun, I invite you to think what those original pair of socks might smell like. <laughs> the truth is, if you want to be putting on the new, you have to take off the old. Dear Minehead Baptist Church, if we want to go where God's got us to go, where he's leading us, we have to let go of the old. And so here's the point about overcoming the obstacles we're going to face independently and collectively. If you're hanging on to the old, today's the day to let go. Full stop. We will not go back, we cannot go back. A new purpose, a new life, 
Does God have all of you? It's the only way to get to the place. Honestly, truthfully. The only way to get to the place where God wants you to be. If you want to overcome the obstacles to fulfill God's calling on your life, you must first concentrate on the Lord. Second, consecrate yourself to the Lord. Third, count on his word. Depend on his promises. Listen to what he says and believe him. Joshua, God speaks to Joshua and assures him of his promise. And you see that here in this scripture, Joshua 3, 7 to 8. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in, all the eyes of, in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests to carry, who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach of the, edge, the edge of the Jordan's river, go and stand in the river. God assures Joshua of his presence and God gives Joshua instructions for the priest. And then Joshua turns around and assures God's people with God's word. You can read about that in Joshua 3, 9 to 13. The sign that God will give them that the land is, that the land is the, sorry, the sign that God will give them, the land that is coming is theirs, is that God's going to stop the Jordan River. In full flood. At Upton, they tried to, well, they did eventually manage to sort of keep the town safe from floodwaters. Sort of. Five million pounds these flood defences cost. And when they first put them up, guess what the water did? Went round the edges. Anyone would think they couldn't control the water, but it was nature somehow. Well, they've sort of overcome the problem, but even then, some of the people at the edge of the town, every single year, their properties are flooded. But God stops this river. To use a great word that's in scripture, he pulls it up. And Joshua assures God, God's people with the same promise that basically as soon as the priests carry in the ark step into the water God will pile the water up it's the only way they're going to cross the Jordan River the only way they're going to conquer the land in other words whatever obstacles in your life the only way to cross over those obstacles is to believe God the only way and so we must as a church, whatever God wants from us, believe in him and simply go. If you want to overcome the obstacles in your life, concentrate on the Lord, consecrate yourself to him, count on his word, and finally, just go, cross the River Jordan. That pile of sea, okay, that happened when the priests put their foot in the water, we read about that in Joshua 3, verses 14 to 17 that pile of water was 16 miles north of where they were can you imagine living there what would you have thought all of a sudden if the water had started piling Joshua 3.17 the priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. The priests got their feet wet with their steps, but now they stand firmly on dry ground. 
in the middle of the Jordan and the whole nation crosses over. But in order for that to happen, they had to take the first step. Whatever God demands of this church, may we be bold enough to take the first step. And even if all we know is God saying, take the first step, much like these Israelites, we do it. That's what you and I need to do to remove the obstacles before us. Take the first steps in the direction God is leading. Let's not wait until the obstacles are gone. Don't wait until we have all the answers. Step out in faith and trust God and he will make a way for you. And I love this final story we're going to end with. Now you may not even know who that is. Her name is Ruby Bridges and the photo was taken on the 14th of November 1960. Ruby had just turned six two months before. She became the first non-white student in the United States to attend an all-white school in the highly segregated city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Actually, Ruby and five other children were chosen because, they, because of their high intelligence. But only Ruby had the courage of the six of them to do something. She was the only one who had the courage and faith to actually walk into the school. Why? How? The night before this picture was taken, her mother tried to reassure her. And this, according to Mum and Ruby, is the congregation, is the conversation rather. This is what Mum said. You know, Jesus faced the mob too, baby. Just like you. You know what he did? He prayed for them. Because the Bible says, blessed are those that persecute you. Bless, Ruby, do not curse. The next day, an angry crowd in front of the school waved Confederate flags and placards at Ruby. And incidentally, a fair number of those placards said, the Lord says you're not welcome here. And some shouted, and to say the words go on home would be the polite version, you get my drift. Even so, with those words of her mum ringing in her ears, Ruby stepped out of the car with four federal agents, that's what they are, they're FBI agents that are on that picture with her. They walked through the crowd. One woman, holding a back placard, declaring what God did and didn't want to do, spat on the ground in front of her. Another yelled, quote, a supposed Christian that she was going to hang the little girl. They were thrown to martyrs. They exploded at the post at the front door. And as Ruby and her minders walked through under the entrance to the school, they had the icy stares of the school staff because all but one of the teachers had refused to teach her. That year, throughout her time at that school, she was the only one in her class. The parent of every single white pupil refused to let her, their children be in the same class as her. And yet, day by day, Ruby went to school. In her own words, and you can read about this, in, there's a picture being made of it, you can read about it online, you'll follow her on YouTube. She went to school, she ran the mob and she prayed. And why did she do that? Because that was what her faith told her to do. Have we got the faith of the six-year-old, dear church? 
Ruby, bolstered by her Christian faith, took those first steps. And incidentally, this was the moment that started to stem the tide of racism. She crossed the Jordan. What about you? What about me? It's exactly what we must do, isn't it? If we want to overcome the obstacles in our life, individually and corporately. I I admire Ruby. She didn't wait till those obstacles were out of the way. She took the word of God literally and this six-year-old went. Don't wait for all those obstacles to go until you follow the Lord. Don't wait for a better day. Take her example. Take the first step in the way God is leading you and go. Don't look back. If you want to overcome the obstacles in your life, Concentrate on the Lord, consecrate yourself to him, count on his work, and then just cross. Take the first steps in obedience to the Lord. If you want to overcome the obstacles in your life, do that. And I boldly declare to all of you, to this church, if we do that, if we concentrate on him, consecrate ourselves to him, count on his word, and cross the water, then he will make a way for you. Amen. Friends, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for that example of this small child. I thank you for Ruby. Yes, Lord, she is now much older, of course, and has much to say about reflection and what this meant to her. But on that day... This six-year-old girl showed the world what faith was. Her example is one that echoes what happened to those Israelites as they crossed the River Jordan. And I pray it may be an example to us all. Help me, Lord, where I am today, to look wholly to you, to consecrate myself to you, to believe and rely on your word. And then with all faith to step into the water and cross. I acknowledge that is my act of obedience to you. And I declare confidently, in the name of Jesus, the one who said I should come before you, declaring in your name, and I will do greater things than all that I have seen from him, which just seems to blow my mind. He will make a way for me. He will make a way for you, and he will make a way for us. Praise you, Lord. You are my everything. In this moment of quiet, I give myself to you. Amen. to declare don't we that we'll walk this land with hearts on fire because hope is rising there is a new day dawning let that flame that was once started within us let it burn brighter for you Jesus we'll stand we're going to sing this and declare it this morning
Benning this morning has spoken to you. If you just want to talk to someone, if you need some prayer, just come find me or Richard or someone you know and you love and you trust. I'm going to leave you with some words of blessing, I pray. They're the words we've used a couple of times already from John chapter 14. I pray that my friends may know the reality of this scripture today. As Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And, what I, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I pray, friends, that your life, your work, your home, your very way this week may bring glory to the Father and that in his way and in his name you will do even greater things than these. That your obstacles will be overcome. That the Jordan will be crossed and that you will live in that amazing moment of peace and life and truth to the glory and honour of the name of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you. If you've been watching us online, if you've been here, we're going to, I guess we could end with Father of Creation, can we, Sue? We're going to end with Father of Creation, but tea and coffee will also be served in there. Could I invite you, if you would like to be prayed for, just to stay where you are or come and find one of us and actually go and share conversation with one another. God bless. Have a great day. Sue. To leave a comment, please go to minehead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.